This insert is brought to you by Radio K Pulpit 7 to 9 a.m. Please visit kpulpit.co.za. Just want to welcome everyone, all the listeners out there who's just tuned into Radio K Pulpit. This is Alana Willie for you. And you are with my program called Body Matters. And I will be chatting to you for the next hour. I have a really special guest that I want to introduce to you guys today. Her name is Yvette Ferreira. And we are going to be chatting about her ministry called Look Good, Feel Better. This is an amazing ministry. Um, They do incredible work with um, cancer patients. And we're also going to talk a lot about self-worth because a lot of these patients have gone through so much. And what this ministry does is just to build up their self-worth. And I think it's incredible. So without any further ado, I'd like to welcome Yvette. Yvette, welcome. Hi, Alana. Thank you so much. And thank you so much for having me. I'm very excited. No, that is a pleasure. Thank you so much for being part of this program. I just want you, because I know quite a bit about you, Yvette, and, and We've um, been friends in the past, and obviously we've drifted apart a bit while you're there up in in the north. But um, don't you want to just share a little bit about who you are and, you know, a little bit of background about your ministry and how you ended up just getting involved with Look Good, Feel Better? Okay. Yeah, so like you all know, I'm Yvette. Firstly, I'm a mother of two beautiful daughters, 16 and 11. And uh, I'm a qualified somatologist, professional makeup artist, and I'm currently the national program manager for the Liquid Shop Better Foundation in South Africa. And um, I have been a pastor's wife for 18 years, and we've been in the ministry for many, many years. Uh, we started out at the Lighthouse Church in Cape Town, and we were there in ministry for like 10 years. And then we moved up to Joburg, where we then joined a missions organization, Open Doors, working with the persecuted church. Sure. So we traveled quite extensively, mm. and we also worked a lot cross-culturally, um, which was life-changing in itself. Yeah. So those of you who know the Lighthouse Church in Cape Town, in those days, there was around, you know, 70% colored people in the congregation. And I, I'm laughing when I'm saying that our eldest daughter actually grew up cross-culturally. And when we moved to Joburg, um, she went to a nursery school in Randburg. And the first day when she came home, she was completely in tears. And she said, Mommy, there's only white people in that oh, church. Shame. And, you know, I, I just realized, you know, what, what is such a privilege for her to be brought up in such a cross-cultural, um, um, you know, environment. Yes, and, definitely. And, yeah, that, time, that time I was a stay-at-home mom pastor's wife, looking after my family, and, you know, basically, my identity was basically rooted in being a pastor's wife, serving mm. him to fulfill his God-given purpose, and not believing that I, too, was created to fulfill my own. Oh, that is awesome, Yvette, and now you're busy with such a powerful ministry. Absolutely. Tell me a little bit about Look Good, Feel Better. What is your vision, your purpose, and... Yeah, and how did you actually get involved in this whole ministry? 
Yes, you know, so I love what I'm doing. Mm-hmm. I love what I'm doing. So with being a professional makeup artist, you know, I did big shows like Afrikaans' Groot, Skouspel, Mother Grides, everything. You know, always busy enhancing women's beauty. But I always had this void that there is more than I mm-hmm. needed to do more. And I started to do research you know, where can I use my talents to actually build the worth of a woman? And I actually, you know, God gave me this picture of this cancer patient, you know, who's lost all self-control, um, full of fear, anxiety, and how I can actually help her to build a self-esteem. And I wanted to start my own thing. And mm-hmm. when I started to Google um, that kind of um, um, work, I saw that Ligature Better actually already exists in 26 countries around the world. Wow. And I saw that Ligature Better are in South Africa. Africa. So I immediately uh, made contact with them and I started to volunteer for them for five years. And after that, I became the national coordinator. And currently, God gave me the platform and privilege as the national program manager for the Look for Better Foundation. So, yeah we do and how did we start so it, it's actually such a beautiful story <laughs> because it started in 1989 and it was an oncologist, you know, he got this patient. And every time she was sitting in front of him, but her treatment always went well. You know, the treatment was working, but she never felt good. Mm. She always was depressed and full of anxiety and she never felt good. So the one day he had this this amazing, um, uh, you know, bright spark and he asked the nurse, please just bring me a right, a bright red lipstick. And he applied it to her lips. And when she looked at herself in the mirror, she had this beautiful smile on her face. Aww. And you know, he said, from that day, he said, every woman undergoing cancer treatment should attend a workshop to build her self-confidence. So, yeah, so that is how it all started. And um, at the moment, we are hosting workshops nationally in 39 public and private hospitals all over South Africa. And um, so what we do you know, Dr. Carol Ann Ben, she's a specialist surgeon in Johannesburg, and she even said, it is just as important for one of my cancer patients to attend a Liquid Feel Better workshop as it is for them to have chemotherapy or radiation. Mm. So what we do, you know, these ladies come in, units and then they sit around the table and we give them their mirrors and they get sponsored by a big skincare and makeup pack and it's all for free you know the cosmetic companies came together and they said how can we be a part of this journey Mm. you know not just enhancing someone's beauty but really to build self-confidence so they receive this whole pack in front of them and then much fun for that two hours you know we we teach them how to draw back those eyebrows we sponsor them with wigs um and then around the table they start to talk you know and uh and that is the time that we have to actually minister to these ladies people if, will think that look at your better is all about just doing a makeover hmm. but it's really just tools that we use to to um, minister to these ladies because, you know, the side effects are losing your hair, losing your eyebrows, all of that. But what people don't see is the invisible side effects, um, which are fear, anxiety, Mm. depression, the lack of self-control. And that is what we actually do. Yeah. So, and then when we are in the workshop, you know, the three things that I normally say is we're doing this to build your self-worth and your confidence. So when you look good, you will feel better. But secondly, we do that for the husbands and for the children because we forget about them. You know, when they look at mommy and it looks like mommy 
don't have this and mm-hmm. mommy's busy dying, these children and husbands get depressed themselves That's and they true. don't know how to operate because we know, us women, we are the heart of the home. You know, we set the mm-hmm. tone in the home. When mommy's not okay, then nobody's okay. So then we, we say, do it for yourself, but then also do it for the husband and the children. And then thirdly, which is a very important for me, is for that woman to be a testimony for other people around her. Mm. Because I always say, you know what, you, this is what you are diagnosed with. Now, there's two things that you can do. You can be better about it, or you can actually use it as a testimony. Because I had this one young girl, she was 28 years old, you know, and she came to me and she said, Yvette, the first time when I walked into a chemo room, I saw this elderly lady sitting there and she was so pale and it looked like she was busy dying. And I started crying and I walked out of the room. I just walked out of the room and I Mm. said, I cannot do this. You know, and then I had so many other patients saying, you know what, the day when I walked into the chemo room, I saw these ladies, they were chatting and they had so much fun while they had their drips in, they had their lipstick on and they were taking photos and making tutorials. And you know Mm. what, they just brought this vibe into into the the cubicles and and that's what i'm saying rather be that person be the light and be the testimony to everybody around you oh yvette that is so powerful and i know that you when we were chatting previously you also mentioned something about that a lot of men leave their wives during this time Yes. And is that is that quite broad is it a broad thing or is it just you know that it is it is you know and and firstly when i started to do these workshops, I thought, why is this happening? You know, mm. why would a husband leave his wife at that moment, at the most difficult time in her life? Is it sure. just because, you know, she does not look pretty anymore. She does not have the breasts anymore, you know. She mm. lost everything that, that, that makes her a woman. But you know what? And then we realized that these husbands actually get depressed. And sure. they're also dealing with a lot of things. And there is a ministry actually. Um, I spoke to another lady the other day and she said, you know what? My husband started a ministry and um, he actually gets the numbers from the oncologist and he started this ministry with the husbands to tell them what are your wife dealing with? You know, how can you helper yes. how can you assist her and how how do you not lose each other in this critical point of her life i know because you would assume that this is the time that you would mend together and you'd be there for one another but it does make sense you know when when the uh, when a husband and just i mean it could be a wife too but if a husband but in this case a husband doesn't know how to deal with the situation everything is overwhelming because i suppose the responsibility the kids the house everything gets too much for them Yes, absolutely, yeah. But Yvette, let's take a, a break now, a music break, and then we can come back and chat further. Hi, you've just tuned into Body Matters with Alana, Willy Fear, and I have Yvette Ferreira on the other side of the line, and we're chatting about her ministry called Look Good, Feel Better. And Yvette is involved with um, Look Good, Feel Better. It's a, it's a ministry that um, basically uplifts pan, um, cancer patients. And we are going to touch a little bit on self-worth because self-worth is one of the things that they promote with their ministry. So Yvette, just want to ask you, part of your ministry, as you said, is to establish self-worth in women who have gone through so much. What does it mean to have self-worth? 
Yeah. Yeah, Lana, you know what? It's so difficult with all the devastation that we are all facing today. You know, it's COVID, it's the floods in Durban, the mm. war in the Ukraine. And then we've got our own personal struggles, you know. That's true. We've got the people facing illnesses and cancers. Um, people get divorced. People lose their loved ones. So we are always faced with... Um, a problem with our identity. Where does our real and true identity lie in? Mm. You know, and then uh, with all these crises that's happening in our lives, we then, you know, our boats get rocked, and then we start to question all these things. And if we look at self-worth and self-image, what is that really? That is actually the picture that we carry in our hearts of ourselves. Sure. But because of hurtful experience throughout our lives, we don't see the worth or the value you have in God, but you see the warped picture that you actually have of yourself. So what happens then? You you have a low self-esteem, okay? Because you don't see yourself through God's eyes. Mm. And when you have a low self-esteem or a bad self-image, um, that affects all your relationships around you because you become envious and jealous of other people and you become bitter and unhappy. And I would say the first thing we need to do is to love yourself. And the Bible teaches us we need to love ourselves. We, we need not to be jealous of other people. And we mm. need to thank God every day for what we have. We need to be grateful for our lives and enjoy where we are at. You know, mm. we all have our goals in front of us. But while we're on our way there, we need to enjoy mm. where we are at and where we are going. And if there's anything that we don't like about ourselves, then we need to believe God for a change in ourselves. But not for other people, but for ourselves. Mm. And there's a thing that says that happy people serve people. And God actually came and he showed us that. I mean, Jesus washed feet. I mean, how glamorous can that be? Yeah. But we need to serve people. It's not a great job physically, but it does wonders for our soul. You know, and we also need to be very careful because we, if we do things to impress other people, we can't really serve people. Mm. And um, we do it because we know who we are. I mean, Jesus knew exactly who he was. And, and that's why he could serve. And the motive of your heart for serving needs to be right. Yeah. Absolutely. And that's where the self-worth comes in. When you know who you are, you know, you don't get your worth out of things that you do. That's right. You do it because you know who you are. And that's oh. why Jesus came and showed oh, us. Or whose you are. You Sorry are. to and interrupt. <laughs> yeah, you know, and that comes out of that. When it comes from there, you don't care about other people. You are just so grateful for where you are mm. and what you're doing. And that is our biggest and our highest call is to serve other people. And, you know, people will say, oh, but they are in the ministry and they've got such a high calling on their love. No, we are all in a ministry because God said a ministry means to serve because he came to show us that. And we all have our ministry. Um, and then I've got this amazing scripture I just want to share with you because that was, that is, that's like really the motto of my life. Sure. And it's John thirteen seventeen, which says, if you know these things, Blessed and happy and to be envied are you if you practice them. So so what does it say? If we if we listen to that, if you know these things, blessed and happy and to be envied are you if you practice them. Mm. So what is God actually showing us there? I mean, he says happy. So why are the church so full of unhappy people? 
you know, they have their cars, they've got their houses, they've got the promotion at work, that they've got their identity in, but why are they unhappy? It's obviously because they're not listening to what the scripture is saying. They will be happy if they are practicing them. What God mm. means is, you know, we need to serve. That's we need right. to do what God trust to do. And then, you know, the less we think about ourselves, the happy we're, happier we become. Mm. You know, when we, when, we are, when we sit in our crucial or critical situation, mm. um, it's so easy just to overthink. That's and true. And to become better and ungrateful, you know. We're always looking um, at other people and, you know, we envy them. We look at social media. And it's just a moment that that person took that photo and you will look at that photo and you'll think, wow, why can't my life be like that? But what, mm-hmm. you, don't, what you don't see is that what happened after that picture or before that picture, you know? Yes. Can I, and, uh, can I interrupt you for one absolutely. sec there? Because I, what you're saying is so powerful, Yvette. And I, I just want to add to a story quickly to what you were saying. Um, I, I just remember being sick at one stage. And you know, when you're physically sick, you, you envy people that aren't sick. <laughs> and when you're going yeah. through anxiety and fear, and I remember being sick one day and I was looking out for the window because I didn't run, I didn't do anything. And I was watching this woman run and I thought, oh, Lord, you know, if I could only just run, if I could be healthy enough to run again. And God wow. said to me, God said to me in that moment, don't wish to be anybody else because you never know. I can yield you, but you never know what lies ahead in that person's life. You know, they might yeah. be well now, but who knows what their life may be, you know, in yeah. 20 years time or 10 years time. And that I stood there and I had to repent and I said to God, I will never envious any, envy anybody else, you know, yeah. for what they are, because, you know, you never know what that person yeah. might be going through that might seem fine now, but you never know what lies ahead in their future. It was just something that God just dropped in my spirit. Sorry, I had to add it to what you were saying, but that's, carry on. True, and that's why God said, just be grateful every day. And I think mm. that's the powerful word. If we learn out of gratefulness, everything changes. That's true. You know, we just get up in the morning and say, you know, all the things, thank God just for what we can be grateful mm. for. You know, you will stop envying everybody around you. And and that's exactly the thing. When we start to serve other people, you know, you forget about your situation mm. and you actually start to zoom in on their situation and you become so joyful and grateful um, to be a part of other people's journey that you, you can't but be grateful. And then also unhappy people become codependent people. So you're always looking for happiness in someone else. You know, you might be doing yes. that with a spouse. You might be so unhappy, but you are forever looking for happiness in your spouse. And if he makes you unhappy, you are unhappy. And then you are so miserable. But what you must remember, that he's just a human being, you know, and he will also sin and he will also make you unhappy. <laughs> and then if you're going to always be dependent on someone else or for mm-hmm. situation to make you feel happy, that's never going to work um, because joy comes from within. That's and true. you make yourself happy. That is what it is at the end of the day. And, yeah, and, and you know, we're working with a cancer patient. So now you can think with a lady and maybe there's a listener who's actually listening and she might be someone who's fighting cancer at the moment. Or maybe you are a survivor. Or maybe you know or knew someone who actually battled with this journey and you will understand the loss of self-control 
that these women face. So mm. there they are facing an identity crisis. You can imagine just putting, we can just imagine, because if you haven't been there, you won't know what they feel like, you know, when they stand in front of that mirror and they lost everything mm. that makes them feel like a woman, their hair, their eyebrows, sure. their lashes. They might have had a mastectomy, a hysterectomy, you know. They stand there and they ask themselves, who am I? Who am I? Mm. You know, so this woman gets completely stripped from her womanhood and sometimes then they lose their husbands as well. Um, you know, and, and then they get confronted with this. But you know what? God is a God. It is just so amazing that when we hit rock bottom, I think that's the best way to rebuild mm. um, your whole character because then that is the time when God reaches so deep in your soul and builds your faith and hope and identity, you know, mm. in how he sees you. And that is so powerful for me, you know. And I don't believe that we can ever say, you know, I've arrived. My identity is so rooted in Christ. Or mm. yeah, I've got such a perfect self-worth or image. Because when the next crisis hits, you are starting at point one again. That's true. And that is why the Bible says, you know, that we need to renew our mind every single day. Because God knows, you know, things will rock your boat again. And mm. then, you, you know... But at the end of the day, it's a character building, isn't it? Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. So, so yeah, uh, there is a beautiful scripture that also says, you know, Paul had that scripture. Where is that? What's that scripture? When he says, when he said, um, character, you know, character is hope. I know that one. It says when um, we are faced with all different kinds of trials that um, yeah. that we shouldn't um, shouldn't be discouraged because um, I think trials eventually build character and character builds hope. So we should be joyful yeah. in trials. Yeah. Absolutely, because it's a journey. Mm-hmm. God never said it's going to be a one-off thing. It is a journey forever until we actually, you know, will be with him and we need to also understand that we don't serve a God for a perfect life you know mm. we serve a God because we know he is our counselor he's the one who's going to guide us through everything and give us the strength that's why 2 Timotheus 4 verse 17 says but the Lord stood with me and gave me strength and because he knew we we're going to face difficulty and he's the only one that we have Mm. And then another thing that I always look at, you know, there's this amazing book that I'm reading. So if anybody wants to read a great book, it's The Anatomy of Hope by a Dr. Jerome Groupman. Wow. And in his book, he says, hope is as important as the procedure that I might perform and as important as the medication that mm. I prescribe. I see hope as the very heart of healing. Isn't that powerful? That is very powerful. Wow. That is so amazing, you know, because you ask yourself, why do some people find and sustain hope during a difficult circumstance while others don't, you know? Mm. And the answer is hope. And then he ends off with saying, and when there is no hope for the body, there is always hope for the soul. Oh, wow. wow. That is beautiful. And that's so powerful. Yes. So if we look at our circumstances, we realize it is not what I want, but maybe it is exactly what I need mm. to become the person that I need to be. 
Definitely. And, and you know what? It just reminds me so much, just as you were talking, it reminds me so much of how powerful our minds are. No matter what the circumstances are, if we can, um, like you said, renew our minds, if we can fill our minds with um, God's word, with the truth, you know, focus on what is that scripture says, focus on what is good, right and worthy of praise. You know, when we can keep our eyes fixed on him, I think there's a scripture that says those who keep their eyes fixed on him will remain in perfect peace. And I also realize, you know, we are, um, you know, exposed to the things of this world. You know, we're not exempt from that, even as Christians, but it's how we go through the storm. You know, you can either, like you said, go through it um, anxious or fearful, or you can go through it um, peacefully. And, um, and that all depends on what we decide to choose to focus on during the time that we are going through. And um, that also reminds me of that scripture that's in Proverbs that says, so a man thinks in his heart, so he will become. And it's again the power of the mind, no matter what we're going through, if we can just get to a point, um, I believe, where we can just focus on Jesus, where we can... um, you know, just hand everything over to him and just allow him to renew our hope, to to strengthen us. I think we we won most of the battle already. Um, yep. Yeah, that's yep. just just my my two cents worth. Definitely, and it, and it's, it is not what you um, you know if you're going to face something; it's when you're going to face something. Yes, that's you know, we true. It's not going to happen to us, but we will all face something. Mm. You know, and it's exactly what you said. It's how we deal with that situation, mm. and and that's that's going to be our testimony at the end of the day. Is how we deal with that. There is this this amazing saying that says, "A woman of worth is a woman who has experienced great loss and pain." Yet has remained loyal and faithful, no matter what she finds her strength mm, sure. in God. You know? that, that is just so amazing. Wow. Yvette, you've worked with people, so you've experienced a lot of things. I mean, you've dealt with a lot of people. Do you have any testimonies, anything that stood out for you while dealing with these ladies that was just, you know, powerful? Oh, and no, no, on a daily basis, we, we deal with so many things. And um, But if I can think of something now, that, the thing that stood out for me, um, you know, we get miracles, you, know, I mean, you get miracles, and then yes. you get things where, where God just don't heal, and you are just a part of that journey. Mm-hmm. And we get to um, see the joys when that patient ring that last bell when they finish the chemo. And on the other hand, we attend funerals, you know, sure. you, you get the, you're the best of both, you know, but I am just so thankful and grateful that we can be a part of that journey. Um, we've got a slogan that says, um, we cannot determine the outcome, but we can affect the journey. And I've also learned, you know, we're always looking for these big miracles, but it's not up to us what God's doing. Mm. You know, sometimes we don't see the seed that we are sowing there. We don't see that. It's up to God. I mean, I remember this one time when we were at Mopak Clinic, and we were um, about 90%, there were Muslim ladies, and 10% we were like, you know, the the Christian ladies. Mm. And we had this one lady sitting there in the corner, very quietly, a Muslim lady, and we had the workshop, and she was very introverted, and, you know, with a soft voice at a stage, I heard her saying, 
please pray for me. Sure. You know, now that must be very desperate. Mm. If you think about it, we're sitting having fun and she just said, please pray for me. And I thought, she's okay, that's it. But we left it and we just went on. But, you know, the Holy Spirit just kept on, you know, um, reminding me of this woman. And as we ended up the workshop, I saw her taking her hand back and she wanted to leave. And, you know, I was so prompted by the Holy Spirit and I thought, she's either she needed to do something now. But now I'm thinking, mm-hmm. well, Muslim, Christian, how do we, I want to pray, obviously that's the first thing I want to do, but how are we going to handle the situation? Yes. I mean, God, you know, we all serve the same God, but now there's Jesus, so how do we handle this thing? Yes. And, um, you know, I just said, ladies, ladies, this lady asked for prayer, so let's just come together and pray for her, because she mentioned to us while we were speaking that her cancer has spread, and she had to go for an MRI scan to see if it's in the brain, mm. and it should have been there already. So we came around this woman, and we just started to pray to God. You know, we all started to pray. I was like so amazed, and mm. um, everybody went around and everybody prayed for her, and she was in tears. It was such an amazing moment, and. You know, and she left. And and that's where I learned, you know, when they leave, I'm, you never see what happens afterwards. afterwards. That's true. But it's not up to us because we are not God and God will work in that person's life. Mm. But then later that night on the group, um, she sent this message and she said, praise God, there's nothing in my brain. Wow. You know? And it's moments like that when you think, wow, God, it's just so amazing to be part of this journey. But whatever you do after that, mm. you know, that is in your hands. But thank you that I can just be a part of this journey. And like I said, we've got many of that kind of things, mm-hmm. you know, and, um, you know, you get the phone calls. When they're down, they phone you. When they get hospitalized, when they're full of fear, um, sure. we always have that opportunity to just pray with them and encourage mm-hmm. them and to visit them. Um, yeah, so, so it's just so powerful. There was another thing, you know, it's always not just for the patient or for us because when I leave a workshop, I am so grateful for my own life mm. um, to just be healthy and alive. And that's why I will serve until the day that I die. Because that is, I mean, we saw in the scripture now, that is what we are here to yes. do, is to serve other people. But it's not just for us or even for the patient. I had this one girl, she was, uh, I think she was 11 years old. You know, I went to Cape Town and I was at the Cape Gate um, Oncology. And her mother called me and said, listen, yeah, you need to come and visit this girl just to make her feel better. Um, you know, she doesn't have no hair. She doesn't want to go to church. She doesn't want to mingle with her friends. And, and you can just think that age. Mm, of course. So I went to visit this little girl and I thought, no, there's really a need just to put a wig. You know, she just wants her hair. She just wants a ponytail. Mm. And I immediately found our sponsor, Fascination Wigs. They are also there in a blow bag. And I um, I went to visit them. Actually, I went in my car and I went down and said, listen, you need to help. We need to get this little girl a wig. And they immediately, you know, gave me a wig and I went there and I put it on her head and she was so filled with joy. She was seeing that little girl's face. You know, all the nurses and the doctors were around. And again, I felt so humbled and guilty because here I am almost taking the fame and the, you know, I can see everything happening. Everybody's thanking me, but behind the scenes, it's actually the sponsors who sponsored this week. Mm. And and when I left the hospital, I sent them the photos and, you know, you know, I just told them everything that happened. Mm. And you know what they said? 
burst out in tears and they said, Yvette, you know what? Thank you so much that we can be a part of this journey because now we have purpose Mm. behind what we're doing. Now we are encouraged to do wigs, you know, mm. and, and seeing it completely differently because normally you do wigs and it's so nice and everybody wears a wig. But when you get to that point where you, it, it, it's a thing of building someone's confidence when there's no hope, it just does something to you and it just sparks that purpose in you again to do what you do. Now so, that... yeah, so we get different things. Mm. And, um, and then uh, lastly... It's like patients' testimonies. You know, they will write us um, a little thing saying thank you. And I got this one um, last month, and this lady said, my Look at Feel Better product skipped next to my pills in my bathroom cabinet reminds me that I am not alone. I walked in hiding behind my scarf and walked out 10 feet taller. I paraded around town hoping to bump in someone I knew I felt so good. This lifted my morale so much that I'm sure my whole body has reacted to help me get through the rest of my treatment. How amazing is that? That is very powerful. Sure, it's so beautiful. I'm sitting with a lump in my throat just listening to, you know, how powerful. And I know it's all God at the end of the day. You know, God, that's, you know, part of everything. And I think what's so amazing about the fact that um, when you we're talking about the, um, you know, the company that does the hair. Because sometimes, like you said, you know, you sew, but you never really see the benefits at the end yeah. of the day. You know, you you know, you're dealing out wigs, but you don't really um, see the meaning or you know get any feedback of what you're doing, and and that is so encouraging. It is. No, definitely, it is. It's so fulfilling. But Yvette, let's take a short break and then we can come back and chat further. This is Alana at Welly Fira. If you've just tuned into Radio K Pulpit with my program called Body Matters and I'm chatting to Yvette Ferreira. We were just talking about her ministry, um, Look Good, Feel Better. And we were just chatting about some testimonies of, of God's goodness with some ca- um, um, cancer patients. And yeah, so I just want to find out from you, Yvette, if, if anybody at this stage wants to get involved or do what you're doing or, or even just find you and um, find out, um, you know, wants to share or just connect with you, um, how can they go about doing it? Absolutely, Alana. You know, there's so many people that volunteer for us because they've been patients themselves. And out of gratefulness, they ask me, can we actually be one of your volunteers to go into the hospitals and be there for those ladies? Because what's more better for someone who went through it themselves? Yes, definitely. Uh, but we also have volunteers who just give their time. So we are all over South Africa. We are everywhere in Cape Town. We've got a few hospitals there in Cape Town. So if anybody wants to get involved, please, um, I'm going to give you the contact details. And Alana, you also have it. Um, you can phone me anytime. I've got an office number, which is 11795 3927. You can find me on my cell phone, which is 082 3700 You can send me an email on Yvette, Y-V-E-T-T-E, at lgfb.co.za. So it's lgfb for Look Better. You can also go and like us on Facebook on Look Good, Feel Better South Africa and on Instagram, Look Good, Feel Better ZAR. And you can really just connect. And we can connect you with our hospital. And it is 
basically two hours a morning per month. I mean, what is two hours mm. a month, you know, that you go into the hospital and you don't have to have anything behind your name. We do the training with you and it's very basic in skincare and makeup and then you go into the hospitals and you um, be involved as a volunteer. Um, the other way that you can be involved is, um, we, you know, it's so beautiful. We have this one patient and she still has cancer and she really wants to be a volunteer but you can't volunteer while you are receiving your chemo and radiation I mean your immune yes. system is so bad you know you just cannot do it but she is so so she just wants to do that so what she does she heckles this beautiful winter beanies for us oh it's that's wonderful beautiful um, act of love you know and then in the beanie she puts like a scripture and and then she sends it to us like box by box and then we give it out to the patients. And I cannot tell you when the patients receive that, they burst out into tears because they cannot believe that someone has put in that effort, you know, yes. just for them. And um, so we get people like that. And then we get people who say, you know what, I can bake muffins. So whenever we have a workshop at a hospital close to them, they will bake like 10 or 15 muffins for the ladies who's going to attend for the day, and they will just go drop it off. And then we also have, you know, donors and sponsors. We actually, at the moment, we're running a backer body campaign. You will see it on our website, um, www.lgfb.co.za, and you will see that you can sponsor like a cosmetic bank patients and um, so any donations any sponsorship is such a help you know mm. so it can be physically um that you can volunteer you can financially contribute because there's always finances that we need and then obviously in prayer you know these ladies they really really need your prayers so if you want to get involved please get in contact with me and there will always be a way that you can get involved Yvette, I'm so touched. I think I might even join. <laughs> but I'll chat to you. I'll chat to you again after this. But um, thank you so much, Yvette. And just any final words for our listeners out there that you just feel strongly on your heart that you, you know, just want to share. Yeah, Alana, I actually want to tie in with that scripture again and just leave that scripture with everybody. Um, John thirteen seventeen, where it says, If you know these things, blessed and happy and to be envied are you if you practice them. So I want to challenge you. If you are facing a difficult time, and like me and Alana said, you know, it's not when, it's if. You will definitely. And if you are in that time where you are facing those difficulties, find a place to serve. You know, don't stop and and be bitter and become so depressed in your own situation. You know, rather look out there and find a place where you can serve. You know, whatever it is, um, whatever you put your hand on, God said He will honor that. And um, anything that you think you are good at, if you if you can slot in with a soup kitchen, if you can help with a patient, if you can do anything, just serve people. I promise you, something happens inside of your soul when you start to serve and when you stop focusing on your own difficulties. Um, you become so grateful. Um, um, I want to just share this. There was a time in my life when I was so broken, you know, that on my way to a workshop or event, I was crying so much, you know, and then I think, how am I going to stand in front of these people? God, I cannot do it. And then when I get there, I think to myself, Yvette, dry up your tears and 
go face the situation, do the workshop, and then when you get back into the car, you just start crying. Again, okay? And then you can deal with your situation. Then I'm going to have a sure. lack of cry and be all better again. But you know what? As soon as I served, when I get to my car, I'm like, okay, well, now it's time to cry again. And then I can't because I'm just so grateful mm. and so joyful by serving other people that my, my situation is like nothing in comparison with this. So that's what I want to leave with everybody. When you're in a difficult situation, find a place to serve others. Uh, that is so powerful, Yvette, because I know, I know that God has oscillated my heart. So long as you're working, as long as you're doing His work, you know, God will take care of you and your needs yeah. when you take care of other people's needs when you put other people first and it's so true what you're saying to become outwardly focused and not inwardly focused because sometimes yeah. your mind can you know you just exaggerate it's so powerful it can you know make things worse when you so focused on your illness or your problem or your issue and um yeah so that's a very um yeah, powerful message. Yvette, it's almost the end of the program, so I would like to know if you could maybe pray for our listeners out there, please. Absolutely, I will definitely Thank do that. Thank you. Lord, I pray for the woman who isn't sure how she can face the mountain ahead of her. Be so near to her, Lord. She needs you desperately. And give her the strength and the courage and hope right now. In her weakness, you are strong and she can trust you to carry her, Lord. When it all feels like too much, help her to just take the next step and cover her with your grace and give her your peace. In the name of Jesus, amen. Amen. Yvette, thank you so much for joining me um, on my program. It's so nice to hear what your ministry is doing. And, you know, you guys are doing a great work. And I really trust God for to bless you and to bless your ministry. And I pray that it will grow. And I know that you are touching people's lives in whichever way. I, mean, I know that people's lives are being changed. So thank you so much for your time. And we will definitely chat again because I, I really am very keen. Um, so we will talk, but to the listeners out there, thank you so much for joining me. And unfortunately, this is the end of the program and we'll meet again next Saturday at the same time. Have a blessed week from me, Alana Willie for you. Bye. This insert was brought to you by Radio K Pulpit, 7 to 9 a.m. Please visit kpulpit.co.za.